The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Israel is pushing deeper into Gaza and around Gaza City. The prime minister is promising indefinite security forces. Ed Baxter with that story and the rest of the news from the 960 Newsroom. Ed? Yeah, thanks, Brian. This is the one-month mark since Hamas raids into Israel. And Bloomberg's Nick Wadhams reports forces are hitting now what they say is the heart of Hamas. What we're hearing is that uh, Israeli troops are actually fighting inside Gaza City, uh, moving in from the north and the south. So it looks like they've essentially encircled Gaza City, which is where they believe a lot of uh, Hamas's military leadership is. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in talking with ABC's David Muir, says the question of how long Israel will remain in Gaza is a major topic. President Biden has said that it would be a mistake for Israel to occupy Gaza. Who should govern Gaza when this is over? I think Israel will, for uh, an indefinite period, will have the overall uh, security responsibility because we've seen what happens when we don't have it. And Netanyahu also saying so far not agreeing to any kind of pause as he's been pushed to by the U.S. to do for humanitarian reasons. And aid for Israel, while well, it's hanging still up in the U.S. Congress, House Speaker Mike Johnson saying it is tied to the IRS. We passed a bipartisan Israel support measure, which is exactly at the level that was requested uh, by the White House and Israel. $14.5 billion. <clears throat> we included a pay-for. <clears throat> Sorry. And unfortunately, uh, some of our de- Senate Democrat friends have taken issue with that. And there's a problem with Ukraine aid as well. Republicans want it tied to the border. We're very serious about this, and I think it will be difficult to get the package across the floor in the Senate <clears throat> without a credible border solution. And that, of course, is uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Meanwhile, Johnson says that House Republicans preparing a temporary spending bill to avert a government shutdown in a week and a half. We're working earnestly on that. We certainly want to avoid a government shutdown. It's a dangerous time around the world right now. We recognize that, and we're doing our job. Off your elections in some U.S. states today with the issue of abortion front and center. Since the Supreme Court threw the issue back to the states, Ohio's election today is an extremely important bellwether to whether it's an issue with traction. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lyons. We have seen post the fall of Roe versus Wade that abortion is a real turnout driver, especially in special elections in which abortion, abortion rights advocates have notched a lot of victories. And once again, if this is indeed cementing abortion rights into the constitution of what is more and more a red state, it could be a pretty a big signal about what's going to drive turnout in the wider election in 2024. And Virginia. This is a real big test for the Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin. He is trying to cement control of the entire state legislature by flipping the Senate from the Democrats and retaining control of the House. Whether or not that effort is successful, it could be a pretty big bellwether for 2024. And for a potential candidacy 
for Youngkin for 2024 as well. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. Brian. Ed, thanks very much. I'm Brian Curtis along with Paul Allen. We look now at some of the top business stories of the hour. Fed policymakers are emphasizing the need to get consumer prices down to the central bank's 2% target. In the latest Fed speak, Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari said that the fight against inflation is not over. We're going to let the data guide us. We've moved very aggressively. We've made a lot of progress on inflation. Uh, We're not done yet, meaning inflation is not back to our target. And if we need to do more, we will. Kashkari said that there is no discussion at this point at the FOMC about cutting interest rates. Separately, Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsby told CNBC that reducing inflation is the number one priority. Fed Governor Michelle Bowman said it was too soon for officials to know what the full effects of the recent rise in yields will be. And that's something that we'll, we'll be discussing with our guest in just a moment. Bowman also said that she is expecting more interest rate hikes. U.S. officials will seek to limit some access to federal home loan banks. This comes after multiple failing lenders turned to the $1.3 trillion system in desperate bids to survive March's banking crisis. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pallet. After a review of the system that lasted more than a year, the Federal Housing Finance Agency will move FHLBs away from serving as lenders of last resort for financial firms in turmoil and back to their roots in housing finance. According to a report, the plans ratchet up federal oversight and seek to push banks toward the Federal Reserve's discount window in times of extreme stress. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Well, in a rare move, we're hearing that Apple is delaying software overhauls to fix some glitches. The story from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. The tech giant pausing development of next year's iOS system software updates for the iPhone, iPad, and other devices after a proliferation of bugs in earlier versions and to give itself enough time to work out those glitches. Now, rather than adding new features, engineers at Apple, known for its clean interfaces, easy-to-use controls, and commitment to privacy, have now been tasked with fixing those flaws and improving the performance of the software. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Tom, thank you. Let's take a quick look at Apple's share price. It didn't seem to really affect investors, this story about the delay, because Apple traded up 1.5% in today's session. Well, Chinese President Xi Jinping will meet with top U.S. business executives next week. Bloomberg's Anne Cates reports. Xi is set to attend a dinner with corporate leaders when he visits San Francisco for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit as the U.S. and China continue to work on stabilizing relations this year. High on Xi's list of priorities for his U.S. trip is calming foreign investors who are increasingly nervous about doing business in China due to issues including geopolitical tensions, a slowing economy, and detention of employees. Chief executive officers of major U.S. companies are on the guest list for the dinner. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. We're told President Biden has been briefed on what his advisors see as a Chinese plan to build a military facility in the Gulf nation of Oman. And we hear that Omani officials are amenable to the idea. Bloomberg's Nick Wadhams has more. As far as we understand from what folks were telling us, China and Oman have had early conversations and those conversations are continuing. I mean, and and there's a great deal we don't know, you know, the extent of this base, what would what sort of assets would be stationed there uh, and then, you know, even where it would be. So there are a lot of unknowns here. But what we do know is that there is this this broader push by China to expand its influence in the Middle East 
uh, and beyond. Bloomberg's Nick Wadhams. Oman is of strategic interest given its proximity to the Strait of Hormuz. It's one of the most vital shipping lanes for oil and liquefied natural gas in the Middle East. The International Monetary Fund has upgraded its projections for China's growth this year. We've got the story from Bloomberg's David Inglés in Hong Kong. The upgrade comes after China recorded stronger-than-expected growth in the third quarter. That followed Beijing's release of numerous policies to support the recovery. The IMF now expects China's GDP to expand 5.4% in 2023 and 4.6% in 2024. That's up 0.4 percentage points from its earlier projections. Now, the IMF says Beijing's recent plan to issue more sovereign debts was a factor for the upgrade. The fund says slower growth next year can be attributed to China's property slump and weaker external demand. UBS and J.P. Morgan Chase have also upgraded China's growth. In Hong Kong, I'm David Inglis, Bloomberg Radio. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Joining us now on the program is Edward Harrison, Bloomberg team leader for the Americas and FX and rates to discuss the market news of the day. So we had the Fed speak, Edward. Uh, It's a given that inflation is still too high. So nothing new uh, to hear Fed officials saying it. Where there's indecision now, it seems, is whether higher yields are, are helping the Fed objectives. And policymakers seem to be fudging a little bit here by saying they need more time to assess. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um, if you listen to the different threads, go from Bostic to Bowman in terms of from the most dovish to the most hawkish, what you're hearing them all say is that uh, we are not going to lower interest rates anytime soon. They're all saying that uh, it's not clear where the economy is going to head so that at a minimum, we're going to hold for a longer period of time. And then the question is, is uh, you know, how long is that time going to be and what we're going to do after that? Bostic pretty much says, do not hike again. And Bowman says, yes, we will hike again. But really, the, the, you know, what the, the market's not taking into account is that every single Fed official is saying, yes, we are going to hold for a considerable period. Why is it that the market seems so convinced, or some sections of it, that we're going to see easing? Because we've seen this before a few months ago, haven't we? Well, you know, it's a, it's a sea change there, Paul, because I, I, I feel like basically, uh, you know, we have a post out in our group about this is the seventh time during this particular rally that the the markets have said, OK, that's it. We're, we're going to uh, the Fed's going to start cutting interest rates. In fact, the um, the market has priced in 100 basis points of cuts in 2024. The Fed, in their last summary of economic projections, they said they would do it 50 basis points at, at the most. So, you know, it, it's just uh, they're looking for the Fed to bail out uh, the market, and it, it just hasn't happened yet. 
Well, you know, I, I, when I look at the stock market, like the S&P 500, it's still down over the past two years. Uh, so I, I feel a little bit uncomfortable when people keep talking about how much the equity market has rallied. And it's true that the Super 7 or the Special 7, whatever you want to call it, have rallied a lot this year. But overall, the market is not particularly uh, effusively to the upside, right? Um, and the fact that it's chopping around within a sort of 5 to 10% range, that, that doesn't seem to me to be a, a big deal, Edward. Uh, does it to you? No, it, it doesn't. And, you know, uh, Brian, I'd, I'd go with the Magnificent Seven, uh, which is a class song as well, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I always avoid that because it's so commonly <laughs> used. You know, I, I was thinking this morning, should I call it the Stupendous Seven or what? Well, you know, without those seven, we, we would actually be the S&P 500 would not be. Uh, you know, in the green, in the way that it is. You know, it's really because of those seven stocks. Uh, and if you look at uh, the Russell 2000 as an example, it shows you there's much more pain, there's much more skepticism outside of that. So if you take it over the course of those two years as you're doing, then you can see that, yes, we've had a considerable amount of pain. And over a very long period of time, which two years is in market uh thinking, uh, th that's why they want the relief. The relief comes from lower discount rates that come from lower yields on longer term treasuries. And, and, and that's what the market is looking for. I'm going to adopt what you just said. I'm going to call them those seven. So if we look at those seven, they're, they're quite pricey. Um, but uh, what, what's driving this when the rest of the market's so flat? Is it Tina? You know, there is no alternative. Is it AI? Is it something else? Well, it, it, that's a good question because really, I think it has to do with the fact that uh, perhaps gr uh, growth is scarce. You know, we are in the midst of an earnings recession. We potentially, because we're in the earnings season now, we're getting out of that earnings recession. But if you remember, there were eight companies in that group. I, I had an acronym about uh, a, a year ago, two years ago, Phantom Man to uh, compose all of those eight, and that includes Netflix. And Netflix was basically kicked out of this magnificent seven group, and now we're down to seven. And the reason that we're down to seven is, is those are the companies that uh, have been tried and true uh, as the other companies have uh, bobbed about and, and done less well. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a very narrow um, uh, 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 approach in terms of the, the stock market. Uh, I started out by asking you about Fed positioning <clears throat> on whether or not higher yields are helping them achieve their objective. And we know that they have fudged a little, as, as I put it. And the tricky part is, I mean, are they looking at the 10-year yield at 5% or 4.5%? Because that's the kind of swing we've seen in just the last week. Well, that, that is interesting because uh, one of the Fed officials, uh, Waller, he was talking about that, how we've had a magnificent upswing in uh, yields, but really we've gone down some almost 50 basis points since that time. So, the, you know, we, we're about halfway between uh, the uh, neutral and the tightness that we had at its peak when it was at 5%. So there's a certain reflexivity there. That is, if the Fed officials say that, okay, we're maybe about done, we still need to worry about inflation, but the market takes that as dovish, then we immediately yeah. have a, a loosening of financial conditions. And that, yeah. in and of itself, causes the Fed to have to hike potentially in the future. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day. 
on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.